0: listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit Brockportfirstbaptist.org. Our scripture reading for today is from Matthew chapter 5 verses 2 through 12 Blessed are those who are persecuted for sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted you, the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of
1: God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Javi. Oh, are we ready to jump into the Beatitudes? Yes. So I remembered to, that I asked you to be what this, this summer with me? What did I ask you to be with me? A disciple. A disciple. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I have had an amazing week studying and preparing for today. And so just get comfortable. This week's sermon will be about 70 minutes. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) I did have to break the Beatitudes up into two separate sermons just to make sure you could go home on time. So you're welcome. (laughs) These Beatitudes can sound far more like legalistic rules that I'm asking you to steer clear of. Striving to attain ideals is a pointless pursuit. If you do this, then you'll be blessed by God. That's really not what this is saying, and I want to make sure we put that down. And I don't know about you, but I can't wake up tomorrow and just be different or be better. All of a sudden, just be humble. Good luck. If you think that's how it works, you're not. (laughs) I can guarantee that. Um, Instead, Jesus is saying that this is how people who are found in the kingdom are constituted already. This is an account of what God already knows about who is choosing to follow him. And I can tell you, the more that you take the posture of a disciple, the more you'll find yourself being like this. And do you want to know another promise? And this is an Elisha promise, not from Jesus. But if you keep trying harder in your own strength, it's not going to work. Trying harder doesn't work. If there's anything that you take from me today, please let that be the thing. Trying harder doesn't work. So to understand where Jesus is coming from, we do need to understand a little bit of the history behind the list so i'm going to start with the word beatitude when i was a teen i'm not even kidding you i thought that this was just like i have to be of a good attitude and that's where the word came from (laughs) it's embarrassing to even say that and so i of course opened the bible and i'm like all right we're going to actually find out where this word comes from so a little greek for you Makarios <clears throat> is the word that is used in Greek, as, and we translate as blessed. But it could also mean happy, fortunate, or well-off. And some translations do use the word happy here instead. Now, there are other nuances that it actually could mean congratulations. Could you imagine if that's what the, the interpreters decided to use? congratulations for being poor congratulations for being persecuted congratulations on your mourning that would be awful so I'm really glad that they changed and used the word blessed so before it was translated to English it was translated to Latin so please forgive me Mrs. Hazen if I say words wrong but beati is the word in Latin that has the same connotations as macarios. So happy, blessed, it could have even meant wealthy. This root word, when added to TUDO, means a state of being. Kind of like how we come, we put happy together and nest together, because happiness is the state of being happy. So, beatitudo, or beatitude, is the state of being blessed. Kind of cool, right? Anybody else excited about that? (laughs) Right? Thank you. I was excited. Um, I also find it important to note that this is not a new thing for Jesus to be doing. He didn't just come up with this way of talking and blessing people. Uh, We find the same kind of statement throughout the Old Testament. I'll share a few with you. In Jeremiah 17, verse 7, We find, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. We also find it in Isaiah 30, verse 18. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. We also see it throughout the Psalms. I only wanted to share one more with you. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. This way of speaking would have alerted the Israelites in a way that it doesn't really stir within us today. They probably would have heard the voices of the prophets in Jesus' word. They would think of other writers of what we call the Apocrypha, because the Apocrypha is full of these kind of lists. They would have heard these callbacks to these verses and wonder at the way that Jesus is speaking these blessings because they didn't quite line up with what they believed blessings should line up with. Instead, A nuance that can be missed when we rush through is that Jesus is teaching and declaring who is blessed, implying things about those who are not, but doing it with the authority of more than a prophet. Jesus is pronouncing now who is on God's side, and later on in Matthew, we do find a list of who is not This declaration would have had some Israelites scratching their head and saying, Who does he think he is? He is not lifting up those who have been blessed previously. He's not lifting up those who are observant of Torah or the outwardly faithful. He's not lifting up the heroic. Instead, he is blessing the marginalized. He is blessing those who stick by God when faced with injustice. Jesus is blessing those who have lost everything and still cling to the love, grace, and mercy of God. This should jolt all of us awake. Jesus is not blessing those whom in our culture we hold up as being blessed. So who do we say is blessed? Who do we say? Wealthy, talented, absolutely. The beautiful. The ones who seem to have it all together. The strong. The ones who have full of joy, or at least they appear to on the outside. The ones who are married. The ones who have the kids who look like they're just right. (laughs) <laughs> right? It, our culture kind of has it backwards. So now we're going to jump into the verses. Verse 2. And he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, I won't spend too much time here, because I know I covered it a little bit last week, but I do want to share the message version. Um, If you've been around for a while and you've heard me preach, I almost always bring in the message version in some way, shape, or form. Uh, If you have not read Eugene Peterson's translation, he did a pretty good job of keeping it true to the word, but also using very modern English. So here is his version of this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope, with less of you, there is more of God and his rule. I don't know about you, but do you feel like you're blessed at the end of your rope? (laughs) Never, (laughs) never. We feel, when we feel like we have nothing left, when we have spent every ounce of what we have to give, that's when God shows up though, in big and real ways, often. So I am aware that last week's sermon was not my best. So I appreciate that you guys showed up again. Um, (laughs) But let me share with you what my end of my rope looked like last week. Um, Not only was it my first week on the job, so to speak, but it was my first funeral. Uh, The first sermon of that kind that I have ever written, Memorial Day was in there. There were necessary meetings about the summer that I had to have. My small group met on Thursday. I needed to go with my son's class on a field trip. My best friend was in surgery for cancer treatment, and so my heart and my head was with her until she was done on Wednesday night. Uh, McKenna's first school dance. The boys and I ran a 5K. All of this added to the regular stuff of a week. We've all had weeks like this, have we not? Well, finally I had time to write a sermon on Friday, and I was worried I wasn't even going to get it done. But let me tell you, God showed up in ways that I can't even fully explain. He showed up in many of you just giving me encouragement. You didn't know where I was at because I don't share as I'm going through this stuff. But I still got texts. I got a lot of encouraging words. And for that, I deeply thank you. God sent me comfort in the way that I needed and in just the way that he saw fit. When we start to recognize Our dependence on others and on God and others dependence on us then we can see how this position really is so very blessed we need each other in big ways to get through day-to-day difficulties as well as during the big stuff sometimes we need to find ourselves at the end of the rope just to find God and the blessing of the kingdom. If you're not convinced, talk to a former addict. Talk to somebody who's gone through huge life shifts like divorce or loss of a loved one. Ask them how they got through. We were created to be dependent on God and others. All right, disciples, let's move on blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted this one also feels so very counterintuitive anyone else just a little uncomfortable with this one we just talked through suffering and the book of job and part of suffering well is mourning Allowing ourselves not only the time, but also the awareness to feel the pain that we are going through when hard stuff happens. Allowing ourselves space to feel all the emotions that come with loss is a true gift. When I was younger, I didn't really experience too many emotions. I had happy sad and angry down, but that was it. It took years of counseling and 12-step groups to start being able to label my emotions well. I didn't even barely cry for about 10 years outside of a movie stirring that emotion. But somehow, I don't know how they all just turned off, including that side effect of tears. If you don't know the, sci- the science behind tears, I did remove it to keep the sermon within a good amount of time. So, you're welcome for that too. But look up the science of tears. It's really interesting. There's different chemical properties that, that get released, and it's fantastic. But here in this beatitude, Jesus is saying, if you're experiencing the feelings of mourning, You were blessed enough to feel the feelings of love, and you will now be comforted, partly from the release of those tears, but mainly from the ability to really feel your feelings. It truly is a blessing to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Now, we don't mourn only for the loss of love. We mourn for all sorts of things, Those who mourn long for grace and justice. We long for the kingdom, and at the same time, we have a commitment to faithfulness and to hope. If you're with me, you may mourn things that you have zero control over, but when crying out to God for them, you experience those same, similar, mournful feelings. We can mourn hurts that we see in the world, injustices that we're trying to fight. We can mourn the loss of autonomy when we need to surrender to help. We mourn the the climate change that's around us, the abuse and neglect of children and seniors. We mourn human trafficking. The list could go on and on, but Jesus promises that God will comfort you by satisfying the longing of your hearts eventually. There's another layer here, too. Jesus shares in Matthew 9, verse 15, the wedding attendants cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. This is found only shortly after the Sermon on the Mount. We also find in John 16, Jesus telling the disciples that he will send the comforter, also known as the Holy Spirit, after he departs the earth, in order that all who are mourning can feel this sense of comfort directly from God themselves. There are people who will never mourn, who will never love enough to feel this kind of depth. I want to encourage you to get in touch with your feelings Especially if you've experienced a lack of feelings as I had for years, you will be blessed because of it, even if it takes a while. Ending this section, I do want to share the message version. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Until we have experienced deep love of God and other, until we've experienced the loss that inevitably will come, we may not experience that deep comfort that eventually comes from walking through such mourning. But when we have hit this place, we are blessed by this comfort all the more. This week, I have had the opportunity. I would not have used that word a year ago, but I've had the opportunity to sit with those who are in deep mourning. One of my neighbors lost their spouse this week, and another neighbor lost their son. But the blessings, the blessings that they talk about, the time that they got to have with them, the love that they shared, the stories that they would laugh about, talk about going from crying to laughing to crying to laughing the blessings in the morning next and last one for today blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth all right we're going to learn another greek word meek comes from the word praus A literal translation could lend itself to gentle spirit, mild disposition, or humbleness. This word, specifically this word, is only used in the Bible four separate times, two of which are used to describe Jesus himself and his character. This is um, a very similar idea to being poor in spirit with a different blessing at the end. Not only do the humble get the kingdom of heaven, as it says in verse 3, but they also get to inherit the earth or the land. These are the ones who suffer and who have been humbled, and yet they do not seek revenge but God's glory and the welfare of others. To have a good definition of meek, we also need to look at the opposite. Wrathful, angry, Violent, thieving, takeovers through battles, brutality over land, but the meek, on the other hand, they choose to absorb unjust conditions in a form of non violent, non retaliatory resistance that creates a calm, countercultural community of love, justice, and peace. Whew! I am looking forward to the new normal with the full coming of the kingdom. Is there anybody else? Amen. This verse is tied to the marginalized in society. We will see this theme over and over throughout the entire Sermon on the Mount. The landlords, the landowners, especially in the time that this was written, for the most part were very despised. Nobody possessed land except by violence, oppression, by holding on to it and making all the peasants pay a portion of their harvest. Remember who Jesus is talking to, the Israelites. They were taught that the only one who owned the land was God, and in the year of Jubilee, the land was to be returned to the original occupants. We know from previous sermons that jubilee was not followed. And instead, it left the poor and the marginalized, outcast, and suffering generation after generation. The privileged do not put down their own self-interests very easily. Jesus is calling back to this jubilee and to the Old Testament promises found in places like Deuteronomy 28 feel free to check that out this week instead let me read the message version you're blessed when you're content with just who you are no more no less that's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought the humble the meek the gentle The poor, they know in a blink of an eye, everything can be taken away. We are seeing this in Canada right now through the fires. Landlords could come in, droughts could happen, and take everything back that they have worked so hard for. Finding contentment in just who you are, just where you are, can bring blessing upon blessing far greater than the possessions that we work our whole lives to purchase and to own and surround ourselves with. This one reminded me of a community garden in Rochester that Carrie shared with us a few weeks back called 490 Farmers. They are using state-owned land to garden. They're creating not only just a place for people to grow their food together, but they also have created space for people to have community. Dirt therapy, if you will, support for those with food insecurities, a spot for those who live in apartments to go and enjoy nature in a different way. They have received some complaints and are now fighting a battle to keep their garden going. Folks, these are the meek. These are the oppressed. These are the humble. They will inherit the land. These are the things I mourn. People should not have to fight to grow their own food, especially on unused land next to a freeway. As we conclude this section and put these first three Beatitudes together, oh, <sighs> we find Jesus blessing the oppressed and the poor for their powerful trust in God, their willingness to wait on God for justice and the kingdom and for their devotion that runs so deep they mourn over the condition of Israel and implicate themselves in the causes of that condition. So next week, we will embark on the blessings for those who pursue righteousness, justice, Peace and persecution? Who's excited? (laughs) All right, takeaways for today. The first big one is trying harder doesn't work. The Beatitudes are not a list of rules to live by, but instead a list of observances from Jesus about who will be blessed. We are not sitting in a place of legalism and trying to be different. We are different as we allow God to change us. Next, I want to encourage you to be a disciple. Again, keep showing up. Keep allowing God to move you and mold you into the best you that you can be. Because when you're at the end of your rope, reach to God. Get in touch with those feelings Pull close to Jesus and to others, and be content with who you are fully. And lastly, I want to encourage everybody to get in touch with your feelings. It's not easy. Without having a sense of what you feel, you can't really help others as well. We lose our ability to connect with God, and I want to encourage, if you find yourself in that place, talk to me. Um, Go to a counselor, head to a 12-step group, join a small group. Talking to other people who have struggled with this can be really helpful. There's also some books I can recommend, whatever it takes. It really is a blessing to be in touch with our feelings and honest emotions. Please join me in prayer. Father God, thank you for welcoming us as disciples. Mold us, change us, help us see the blessing behind being wholly dependent on you and others. Help us see the blessing in mourning. Help us see the blessing in meekness and humility. Give us strength to keep choosing to be a disciple right now in this culture, in this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.